Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's gonna pay. <laughs> hey everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And I'm the Night Owl. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the Wrestle Talk family. Welcome to episode 338, 338, you're going to understand why I said that twice, because it's twice as nice, to know that we're creeping up on the halfway mark to episode 400. How incredible is it that despite our meager and humble beginnings, we have accomplished something that I think very few professional wrestling podcasts in the world have ever accomplished. Now, one of the things that you guys will probably notice right off the bat is we've seen a little bit of a change in technology on this particular episode, my excitement. Guys, we always strive to improve and to get better, more or less, just for you guys. We want you guys to be able to engage with the show and participate And if you can't participate, we want your uh, uh, consumption of the show to be enjoyable, something that you can sit back, whether it be video or audio, and enjoy without having to jump through uh, too many hoops, uh, um, you know, and have too many challenges. So as you guys can probably tell, there's a little bit of a difference with the sound and the look of the show today. Hopefully you guys enjoy it because this is an investment that we're making in the show for whom? For you guys the members of the Wrestle Talk family. Now, as I speak to you, I also am going to be joined by my whole co-host today, and it is the one and only Hardcore Hoss. So let's give him a proper introduction. JP, you know what to do, baby. Go ahead and hit that music.
Night Owl and Wrestle Talk Podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? I am ready for an exciting show. John, not only are we trying to step up our technology game, we also have two tremendous guests this evening, do we not? Oh, yes. Looking forward to our two guests today, Paul Goliath and Dean Alexander, two absolutely great people. Just looking forward to the interviews with them and everything. So it is just going to be an awesome show. Dude, no doubt about it. Uh, and again, guys, for those of you who are watching this, uh, thank you for supporting the Wrestle Talk podcast. Man, I'm telling you what, as we march forth uh, through this year, great news all over the place. We're going to talk about a bunch of that great news coming up here in the High Spot segment. I'm actually working on getting good old Hardcore Hoss to join me on screen uh, via our StreamYard uh, link. So, he should be joining me on camera here in just a matter of moments. I, I'm telling you guys, this is this is our first time experimenting with this. It's a little nerve-wracking, but also exciting because we know that once we work through some of these little roadblocks and, and, and challenges that we know we're going to have with technology, uh, it's going to be for the best. Uh, we want to try to keep up with the Joneses uh, to a certain respect because we want your guys' uh, visual experience and audio experience, like I said before, to be top of the line and the very best that we can provide you. So. Uh, while John continues to work on trying to get himself on with me on the stream, um, and there, oh, oh, there he is, Daddy. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Here we go. Okay, we had a little bit of an echo there. No worries. So, guys. John is with me. Before I bring him on, though, let me share with you why I'm so excited. The biggest thing that I want to share, even before High Spots, John, and this is something that you didn't even know, we're making big moves all over the place in the FWWC and when it comes to the Wrestle Talk podcast. So a little bit later this week, we've got huge news concerning both Stay Freaking Tuned, Okay. And the reason that we continue to try to make these strides with the show is because you guys deserve it. You guys have been here. you supported us for so long. And it's not only the members of the WrestleTalk family, as you know, John. It's also our wonderful sponsors, right? We're talking about Rat Buns and Gravy. We're talking about King K. We're talking about eSports, Royal Mills Transportation, the Conspiracy Farm. It's me speaking to you, Everything Combat with Jay Hollywood. And Pat Milicic, remember, guys, make sure you're on the lookout for Cage Aggression in Iowa. Just look up our boy Jeffrey Wilson or Pat Milicic, and they, it's all over their social media. Make sure you tell them that the Wrestle Talk podcast sent you. Also, i got to give a huge shout-out to the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, uh, who is a partner of ours, and they actually have a podcast every Friday sponsored by the Wrestle Talk podcast right here at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. And on that note, I'm actually going to bring on um, Hardcore Hawks, with, and he's popping, popping his collar. I like it. I'm going with you, bro. I want to pop my collar too now. <laughs> Dude, I, I mentioned the FWWC last for a reason. I know we got to get into high spots. we got to get into today's show. But, bro, you're a member of the FWWC. As a matter of fact, you happen to play a character named Hardcore Hawks. 
and you're one of the general managers, bro. Can you speak on that very briefly? Because you know we have a huge uh, uh, amount of support from the FWWC. The FWWC is absolutely awesome. We are a family, you know, that loves wrestling. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of us, we can't live out our dream to get in the ring and actually wrestle. So this is the closest that we can get. You know, we actually have a role-playing, and it's just an absolute awesome time. Well, it is, dude, and, and I'll tell you what, man, I, I would say this. Just with the belts that we already have, and, you know, I, I spent a lot of time watching and supporting and working at the Indies, man. I'm telling you, the championships we already have are putting some of the independent promotions I see to shame already, and even some of the programs and promos that I see in the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion are putting some of the stuff that I see put out by wrestlers and independent companies uh, throughout the country, all right? So kudos to Dewan Mills, to you, Haas, and to Marcus Mayhem for really holding things down over there uh, at the FWWC. More information on the FWWC on our revamped fantasy wrestling tab over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Uh, all that said, yo, we got a lot of different wrestling topics that we're going to get into tonight, Haas. We're going to be joined by two guests, uh, one in this hour, one in the following hour, and uh, I think it's only proper that we start talking some pro wrestling, baby. So let's go ahead. Oh, no. Wait a minute. We can't get into high spots yet. JP, dude, we haven't done what we always do about this time. I think this WrestleMania hat is on too tight. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> Go ahead, baby. Let's go ahead and ask everybody to remove their caps. Place their hands over their hearts as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it. Let's go. 
Welcome to high spots where we pop news like flare shots. We talk shop, coming through the screens of a laptop. And non-stop like I wanna speak to the black dot. We hit hard like chair shots and backdrops. Like a clock flash, feel like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We up to speed while they stay slow. Wrestle talk podcast, now they know. We about to start the show. Uh.
people were really pissed off about Goldberg, right, about coming in, cutting a few promos, not really having any matches, and, and main eventing a big four pay-per-view. Can you tell me what the difference is between what Edge is doing and what Goldberg is doing? Because I think people are just being hypocrites. They just happen to like Edge more, so they're not being as critical. But as far as I'm concerned, they're doing the exact same thing, bro.
congratulations to the New Japan uh, champion, New Japan, New Japan Cup champion, Will Ospreay. Guys, uh, you know, the whole competition, there was uh, tons of guys on both sides. I think they started with 30 on each side, and they narrowed it down to the final two. Will Ospreay was the winner, but the story, obviously, overnight uh, coming out of Japan was the freaking crazy earthquake that nobody expected right in the middle of one of the biggest events of the year. Now, the New Japan Cup, for people who don't know, this actually stretches several weeks. There's so many matches that they work through that it's not one of those things that they do like one night, two nights. So if you thought, if you think that WrestleMania coming up is long because it's two nights, try the New Japan Cup, <laughs> which is like two, three weeks worth of shows leading up to the final, which just happened, I believe, yesterday. So uh, that's my other high spot topic, Hoss. I was wondering if you had anything else for the uh, the loyal members of the WrestleTalk family. Actually, not right at this minute, I don't. Okay, well, there's no worries on that, and I appreciate you helping me out with all the technical stuff on the show. Here's one other thing that I think is absolutely worth discussing when it comes to professional wrestling. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Let's uh, let's get our boy JP uh, muted there since he's doing a little bit of screening. It looks like we got our first caller on deck. This is fantastic, guys. I'm excited because, you know, we like to bring you guys a lot of different flavor. Uh, a lot of Midwest flavor. John was actually saying something to me. Hey, let's do something a little different where we talk to guys from the East Coast or my area. I'm like, bro. We got to start bringing more people to this show because the Midwest is great and everything. But, man, as you guys saw, when we did our 50 states across America, the reach that we have on this show is unprecedented. The amount of people that we've interviewed from so many different places is something that I think is somewhat unheard of, okay? So today is no different. We've got a gentleman who's originally from Canada, Paul Goliath, who's going to be joining us here in just a matter of moments. And I'll tell you what, I'm excited because this is his first time on the Wrestle Talk podcast, and our second hour guest, Dean Alexander, is also joining us for the very first time. So the way that I look at it um, is this is a big night with a lot of firsts, lots of firsts. So thank you guys for being here and supporting us for episode 338, and I'll tell you what. We're just getting started. I know I say that. I know it's a little cliche and maybe even a little corny, but we are truly just getting started. Now, before we continue um, and, and get ready or start getting ready for our interview of the evening, first interview of the evening, there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about, and that is, again, more good news. The announcement from about a week ago, WA is back, okay? Guys, it's March 2021. It seems like we're finally starting to move beyond some of that just just crazy COVID lockdown nonsense from all of last year. And seeing that NWA is coming back really, truly gives me hope. Now, no shade on WWE or AEW, because they kept me entertained throughout most of 2020. But, John, NWA being back, it just does something special for me, because before all this happened, before COVID era, 
the promotion that I would get most excited for every single every single week was NWA Power. And now these boys are back. NWA back for the attack. A lot of people were talking about this matchup, Nick Aldis versus Aaron Stevens. I mean, dude, Aaron Stevens, a lot of you guys know him as Damian Sandow. That's cool, but trust me, he's as great as he was with the WWE. He was that much better when he was on NWA Power. John, I know you're somewhat of an old-school wrestling fan yourself. We just came through and out of Wrestle Madness, the best wrestler of the 80s. You know, we crowned Ric Flair. Pretty obvious to many people, but, man, it wasn't as easy as a lot of people would have thought. We really, really struggled with some of the brackets and some of the matchups. But, dude, NWA is back. It's, again, back for the attack, NWA. I got to know how you feel about this, dude, because this means more wrestling, and that means that more wrestling, more stuff to cover, more shows for us to go to, more shows for the fans to support, more merch for us to buy. Dude, I'm fired up about NWA being back. How the hell do you feel about that, John? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, more wrestling. wrestling. Can that be a bad thing, you know? I've, I've never seen more wrestling to be a bad thing. More wrestling to be a bad thing. So, well, and it's not only that, though, bro. You're also talking about a different type of wrestling. I don't know if you got a chance to catch a whole lot of what these guys were doing with Power John, but it is almost like flashing back to studio wrestling in the 80s. It's got that feeling, bro. Like, it really feels like – I can't explain it, man. It, it feels like – what people fell in love with, with the Rock and Roll Express and with Jim Cornette and, and, and you know, with Dusty and that whole crop from the 80s, it just feels like that. And to have something like that still going today is something that should be extremely refreshing and exciting for professional wrestling fans, bro, because let's be honest, I mean, <laughs> a lot of the professional wrestling out there today, and you'll hear many complain about this, are these high spots that and you're not going to get matches, uh, you know, that, that like, the old-school fan would enjoy. You know, a little bit more of a brawl-type match or what have you. You're not going to get any Trevor Murdoch-type stuff on WWE or AEW, really. NWE is the one and only place where you can find this kind of action, dude. So I'm just telling you guys, if you haven't already checked it out, it is available on Fight TV. Uh, I believe it aired uh, last night. Uh, yeah, either either last night or as we speak. One of these two days it was supposed to go down. But I can't wait to actually go back and watch it, John, because that sort of old-school feeling, that studio wrestling. And, bro, what belt has more prestige than the NWA World Heavyweight Championship? And even to this day, Nick Aldis may be the most prestigious champion in professional wrestling today. So that's something that I know the fans have absolutely got to be fired up about. Oh yeah, they. I'm excited to see it. I, I mean, I didn't get to see it last night, but I am excited to see the product as to what they come out with. Well, that that is good to hear, John. And, and I'll tell you what, though, um, I'm ready, bro. I'm ready because I believe we have a featured guest that is on deck or just about on deck, ready to join us. Am I right about that? Can you say that again, John? I say he is ready to go. Why don't you go ahead and introduce him, and we'll get him in here. 
All right, brother, I appreciate that. All right, folks, on a huge night of many, many firsts here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, let me tell you guys how excited I am because Thank you very much for having me, guys. Wow, thank you for being here. It's a pleasure to have you. We look forward to a great interview here with you. You know, we, we've really been looking forward to this. Well, thank you very much. I'm glad to be a part of it, guys. Can you hear Renee, Paul? No, I can't hear him. Renee, we can't hear you on the blog talk platform. All right, boys, can you hear me? We can hear you now. Yep. Oh, how are you? Well, you're on again, Renee. Seems to be far. I think he's trying to call back in here. You have to excuse us. This is the first time we're actually trying to stream double, both using uh, StreamYard and Blog Talk Radio which Blog Talk is our normal platform. We're trying to expand it to StreamYard. So uh, this is our first time trying with that. So I think think I'm back, JP. Sorry, we can can hear you. Yes, 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 okay. (laughs) I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Okay, so, uh, Paul, let me get right into it because uh, I'm very, very curious about how COVID, and, and it sounds like we're moving past it now, thankfully, how did it affect you? Where were you in your career uh, back in March of 2020 
and I'm sure things have changed tremendously for you, and hopefully things are starting to open up for you as well. But, man, how did it specifically affect you, and how did you cope with all the changes? Well, that's a good question because there's many, many things in, in that part because not only am I a worker, but I'm also a promoter in my area. So it affected me in different ways. So um, basically, you know, I got hurt uh, just before COVID hit, where everything shut down. I got hurt, so I was ready to come back. So I was off for about a month. I had a small knee injury. So I was ready to come back, but then everything shut down. And I haven't wrestled since. So I haven't, haven't been in the ring for a year. So COVID in our areas, we're not allowed to have any shows or anything. So it's basically been dead for a year so far. Dude, well, and I'm sure that must have been really, really tough. I'm curious, what did you miss more? Did you miss competing or did you miss running and managing the shows more? I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Well, I'll give you. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Honestly, I haven't missed it until uh, last uh, January, and and I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, I've been where, where I, I promote our organization. We had a show every week, so I've been grinding wow. week in, week out. You, you know, training, getting in shape, working because I have you know a job because I don't make my living. <laughs> I gotta pay the bills, right? So right, right. I have my job working and doing a show every week. So, you know, you get used to it. But then, you know, when it stopped, I kind of felt a, a little relief, like I needed a break. You know, sometimes you don't realize you needed a break. So just imagine those guys in WWE or whatever that are on the road 300 days, over 300 days a year. I mean, you're such in, in, in motion. You don't have time to assess anything. You're just used to doing it. So... It feels good to take a break. My mind needed a break, so, and then, and then after after Christmas and all that, and when I saw the the Rumble there, I always love to to watch, you know, the the Royal Rumble. I started to get pumped up again, and and gyms opened back in early February, so I kind of had a new focus, get back to the gym, train, and that mindset brought me uh, back, you know, willing to go back in the ring. And I have all sorts of projects, you know, so. I can't wait to be able to create new projects. So, you know, right now we can't wait to get back get going because, like, as a performer, I want to perform from the audience. And as a promoter, I can't wait to start, you know, doing shows again. So we have lots of ideas on the table, so we can't wait to, to be able to do all that. So right now we're just, like, anxious to get out. So it's like we're, we're like caged animals right now. So when the door opens... <laughs> People are going to have to watch out because we're going to explode out of that cage. Dude, I believe it. Now, I'm curious. I, I know, especially with your promoter hat on, there's got to be some guys that you would call your hometown guys, guys that are that are with you at, at every show. Could you talk to us about some of those guys that you lean on heavily when it comes to running shows, uh, maybe your heavyweight champion, your tag champs? Who are some of those people? Yeah, well, uh, there's this. There's many guys. When you have a promotion, you have to rely on a whole group of people because, you know, the more people that help out, the better it is. We have different guys. Uh, you know, I, I work with different organizations. I have my own, but I also work uh, for FML, with, uh, which probably you guys are a little bit familiar with uh, with uh, Eric Wimay, 
with the the owner of FML. So I'm presently uh, the the number one contender against uh, Bern, uh, FML heavyweight champion, which is Excess. Uh, so he's the champion right now. Uh, in my All organization, right. we we have a guy that's uh, named Nip. He's uh, he's been uh, in the business for only a few years, but he's been doing pretty good. So uh, he's a champion. But we have a lot of local guys that we, we that started there, and uh, and we get guys also that are from also uh, other cities, other towns. So it's it's good to have a diversity in the, in the shows, you know. So to have it, the advantage of having local wrestlers is already is, is ticket sales, you know, because most of the time right. and that's probably like that everywhere. The guys that sell the tickets is the local guys, because people don't yes. buy tickets. They'll buy a ticket for their local hero, and it was the same thing even in the professional world in in the, in the big events back in the day when it was the NWA. You had your your local champions. And you had, like, Ric Flair was the world heavyweight champion going to promotion, to other promotion, defending his title. So so that's basically how it worked back in the day. So, yeah, you, you need your local guys to sell a ticket and your big stars that bring credibility to your shows and quality matches that come down and give experience to your other guys. So that's basically uh, what we do. Well, that that is pretty awesome, man. And you know what, like, I admire people that can do what you do, Paul, because admittedly, and we talk to a lot of a lot of workers here on this show, and a lot of guys will admit, yeah, when I do this, I'm always looking out for my brother, but this, this is a, you know, you're almost like an independent contractor in this business. So it's natural mm-hmm. to, to think mostly about yourself, especially yes, as a worker. you're right. But the fact that you can take that hat off and, and you know, because you know how it is with, book, with, with with promoters and booking themselves and the stigma that goes along with that, have you found it, like it sounds like you found it pretty easy to put yourself, you know, in the back seat and let other guys kind of drive the car, as, as they say. It seems like it's a simple thing for you, but have you had any challenges along the way with being a promoter deciding where to put yourself on the card, and then maybe even other people knowing you're a promoter, and they go, well, if I book Paul Goliath well, maybe he'll book me on his show. Have you had any challenges with, with, the, with I guess, the politics of it all? Because I know it's, they're two very different hats, and I admire you for as well yes. as you've done. I'm curious about your, I'm curious about your, your experiences, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um that's a very good question. Um, yeah, uh, it's not something I think about, but yes, it's something that probably the boys will think about. Uh, but right. the important thing is, is when you promote, if you don't realize it, then you'll go down. You have to realize what you do is the best for the show. And you have to know your place on the card. You know, is there is is there a period where Paul Goliath was mendevinting men- my promotion? Yes. But I wasn't the guy that was just putting myself on the card. You know, I know what I'm worth. So if I'm worth opening match, I'm going to put myself opening match. You have to be able to critique yourself. Even if you're not a promoter, you have to look yourself in the mirror and know your place on the card. So obviously everybody wants to be the main event. Everybody wants to be the champion, the star of the show. But you have to be able to critique yourself. So that aspect, yes, for sure. I mean, people might want 
want to book me correctly, but I don't think it's that much of a problem because other promoter, promoters will book but the, who deserves to be on that spot, right? So the more I right. think the people that talk about that sort of stuff is between the workers, between the boys. Right. So, you know, that, that politics stuff, you know, I don't really think about that, and you can't because you have a better objective. The main objective is what? It's to put the butts in the seat put on a good and it's to entertain that crowd. Yes. The important yes. thing but, is to satisfy the customer, the fan that has paid his hard-earned money that is sitting there and is watching the show. That's the main objective. You know, the guy that's not happy about his seven-minute match or whatever, whether he's going under or over, you know, that's not very important to me. You know what I mean? The important thing is, is the fan, is the audience. So that you have to right. be able to put that aside. If you take stuff too personally, it will affect you. So obviously it's not a spot, you know, for everyone. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and you know what? I'll jump on here and say this. Well, I, I'm, I've never—I have to admit—I've never been a worker, but I have run a, a couple of a handful of shows successfully. Um, I think that there's a culture in professional wrestling that if you were not navigating those waters properly, and you were, you know, putting your shit over and, and not ranking yourself appropriately, like not being humble about it, I think eventually either somebody would have called you out on it. Or, you know, or, or there would have been a problem. So by no means mm-hmm. am I saying that that's not a, a doable thing. You just have to be very, very intelligent and very honest and humble with not only everyone but yourself about knowing where you belong on a particular card. So that's why I was so interested yeah. in talking to you because I, I know that's got to be a challenge. And to today, as far as we know, you have a great reputation. Your boys love working for you. The guys that book you love having you there. So clearly you're one of those guys that actually gets it and understands how to navigate those waters correctly. So kudos to you for that. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. And Yes. You know, it's all about attitude. You have to have a good attitude regardless of what position you're at. If you have a bad attitude, nobody will want you. You have to have a good attitude. Damn right, yeah. You know, you were talking about the boys and promoting (laughs) – since, since you were promoting, there's one thing, maybe a culture, there's one thing that people, like I think the guys, the boys, or girls, you know, have to realize is you may be an independent contractor. You might wrestle in different organizations. But remember one thing. It's not only the promoter's job to bring the crowd over. You know what I mean? It's your job also to help sell tickets, help with with everything. It's a collaboration. Preach. Okay? You you want the promoter to book you on the show. Well, if you want him to book you on the show, you got to show him worth. Whether it's helping him out with the show, whether it's selling tickets, you have to help out. If you don't help out and you're just, ah, oh, I just want my payoffs and I just want to go on the show and wrestle a match, it, it doesn't give that much to a promoter. You know, there's a lot of guys that could wrestle a good match. But that's not the end-all, be-all. So it should be a collaboration. You know, people look at WWE where these guys have, like, guaranteed contracts. Well, I'm sorry. Well, number one, the reason they have guaranteed contracts is because WWE has, you know, television contracts where they have guaranteed money already in their pocket. So they could, you know, budget 
a certain percentage of talent money. You know what I mean? So that's a totally different game. But in the independent scene, if there's no one in the crowd, that no one's making money. So the more you work with the promoter that hires you, the more you help him bring people over, the more people there will be, the more successful he will be, and the more he'll give you. So it should be a collaboration. So all you young guys, you know, workers that are, in, that are listening to this podcast, whether you're a fan or not, you want, you, want, you want it to be a collaboration, you know. It, it can't be 100% on one side. It has to be always 50-50. And, you know, that the promoter, he can be the captain of the boat. But if there's nobody to help run the engine, the boat won't go anywhere. Hey, man, dude. Paul freaking Goliath nailed it. <laughs> well, John, I know you got some questions of your own, so I'm going to go ahead and hit uh, Paul with one more and then throw it over to you. Um if people love names, Paul, you know this, so you're going to get your, your typical who have you worked with question. But in doing our yeah. research, I did, I did see that you had the opportunity to work with not one but two former guests of the Wrestle Talk podcast, guys that we respect tremendously. And as a matter of fact, here at the end of next month, uh, we're going to be seeing one of these guys here in uh, the beautiful state of Kansas uh, in the one brutal Bob Evans. Uh, he's going to oh, be doing oh. an event with uh, AIWF, uh, XWE, uh, WWX, and, and uh, PCW. Your, yours truly will either be ring announcing or doing commentary. For more information to come oh, on that show. But, that's but awesome. Paul, dude, it is, dude. We're doing IWF, the big things, as you know. They've got a, a Canada division as well. A shout-out to Matt Creed. He, he really loves us. We love him. We try to take care of each other. But, bro, talk to us about Bob Evans and bringing guys like that into your promotion and, and working alongside, I should say, guys like that makes you better, makes everybody else better, man. How, how do you how, – what do you take away from those experiences, getting a chance to work with guys like that? And, and also, let me throw this name out there, former guest, PCO. Real, real, knowledgeable, yeah. intelligent. Low-key legends of the game, I would say. How do you feel about getting a chance <laughs> to work with guys like that? Oh, man, good question. Uh, hey, you talk about uh, Brutal Bob Evans. I just spoke to him earlier this afternoon. So, um, oh, wow, there you go. He talked to me about Bob Evans. So, yeah, we have a good relationship. Uh, you know, you, you can mention my name when you speak to him in the podcast. I'm sure he'll talk to you about me. But, uh, yeah, Bob we Evans. Will. You know, You know when I said attitude? Well, that, that, yes, that's a veteran with the best attitude and the best guy you want around. I mean, you want a veteran to help you out, you can't name any, anyone other than Bob Evans. You know what I mean? In, in any, any way, shape, or form. So, you know, it's a, about the business, about the inner ring, the outside of the ring, the psychology. And, you know, he has a great attitude. He will help out every, every worker, whether it's a green worker or an experienced worker. He, he's a great guy. Awesome. I enjoyed the... Uh, I enjoy being in a room with him, and I speak to him uh, once in a while. And, you know, we have, a, we have great conversations about the business, so it's a great guy, great guy. Cool. And, and just uh, real quick, before, said, John, before John takes over, you got to tell me about your experience with a uh, fellow Canadian PCO, man. Um, I, I yeah, know that, P- again, low-key legend in the game, bro. How was that? Yeah. 
Here's a story about PCO. Um, PCO right. stopped wrestling for for a few years. You know, he took a break from, uh, like, I think he stopped around 2009 and started back in 2018. And, yeah, about uh, nine years. I saw him have a, I, yep. yeah, I, I saw him from, uh, have a small match, and then I contacted him, and then I had a, you know, an agreement with him to come down to my promotion. And uh, he came in, and we hit it off well, you know, great guy, that guy, man. You you want to know someone who works hard? That guy is a beast. He's a monster. I mean, his gimmick, when he started working with me in my organization, he didn't have yet the, the uh, PCO is not human gimmick, you know. He was starting to do right. some training, some videos, but he was talking about little stuff. And when, when we were talking to the phone, there's a few things that came in the conversation. And then slowly he saw it come to life. And he started to work, uh, you know, in the States more often. And then later right. on, he got uh, he went to, uh, to uh, I think it's LA, to PWG. Is it, what, what's the tournament already called there? Um, I have a, you know, there was a tournament there. Oh, Pro Wrestling there, Gorilla. PWG. Yeah, the Pro Wrestling yeah. Gorilla Show. Yeah. Now, this, this huge tournament they have there, uh, and he went to wrestle there, and soon thereafter, he's at Ring of Honor. So, yeah, he started with, to wrestle, uh, um, yeah, and his old older gimmick. Well, the the same you know look that he had uh, against Walter, the WrestleMania weekend. So right. that was that time when I was working with him. So I worked with him in uh, summer of 2018. Then he probably he stopped wrestling uh, in Canada. I think he started more in the states afterwards. So so yeah, so I worked with him, and yeah, it's fun. You know, it's funny. It's a I talked to someone from the newspaper earlier, and he asked me about questions about wrestling, about you know big stars and stuff like that. And I told you know wrestling is the only like sport or whatever you call it, you know, entertainment where you could wrestle your heroes, you could work with your heroes. Just imagine like you're a young guy and you're watching you know Michael Keaton doing Batman, and then (laughs) years later, my favorite Batman, your favorite one. Yeah, you're playing you're playing a character in Batman and you're facing Michael Keaton in Batman. You know, it's not going to happen because you know Michael Keaton gets older and you know so he doesn't have the young look and for the Batman but but it happens in wrestling, you know? You're a young guy and you look at PCO wrestling like legendary wrestlers, you know, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, you know, name it. He's been in the ring with so many guys. But he's humble and he works hard. He doesn't come in and blow it on his past. He wants to be the best, and he wants to improve all the time. So it was a blast working with him. We had a good match, and yeah, it's another great guy, you know. Like I can't say nothing but good things about him. That's awesome. Well, well, what a what a blessed career you had so far to work with guys like that. And guess what? You get to work with another guy now because uh, JP Hardcore Hoss, jump on in here, man. Uh, had a great conversation so far with uh, with Paul Goliath, uh, but now it's your turn, man. What do you got? Yeah, and actually one of the questions I tend to like to ask people a lot, you, you're kind of touching on already. Um, you know, I always love to know out of anybody, past, present, uh, you know, if you could book yourself in a dream match against anybody at all, who would your dream match be against? Oh, man, that's a good question. Hmm. 
You know, it's not something really to think about. You know, um, I'll try to, you know, I'll try to think of something. You know what, what I'm going to say? I'm going to go easy. I'm going to say The Rock. The reason I say The Rock is because he's probably the guy that influenced me the most in the business. You know, that's when I was the biggest wrestling fan when I was young and watching it, the Attitude Era, The Rock was just mesmerized. And, you know, I would love to get my ass kicked by The Rock, you know? You know, spine buster, people's elbow, <laughs> rock bottom. You know, I don't need to do anything. Pay me the game range to get my ass whipped by The Rock. I'd do it, like, any day of the week, you know what I mean? That If you want something, a dream, that would be it. Other than that, I I like, you know, st- good storytelling, you know? So if it, it, it could be a guy that's, you know, that's, a legend wrestler it could be a, a wrestler that's not known. But if the story is good and the hottest crowd and the crowd is hot, then that's it for me, you know? So yeah, I'd say I'd say the dream match would be the rock. Bar none. Alright. Well and you touched on the rock that was one of the uh people that you watched growing up and one on the that kind of inspired you. Um so this one's kind of a two-part question. At what point did you realize that this is what you wanted to do, that you wanted to get in the ring and wrestle, and and who else was your inspirations at the time? At the time, uh, well, obviously The Rock. I, lo- I love The Rock. Um, uh, Triple H also was one because he's a ring general. So I love Triple H. You know, I, lo- I remember hating him. You know what I mean? I remember back in the day, and I watched. I started really watching wrestling, uh, end of '99, early 2000. I really started watching. You know, when I was young, I saw a little bit Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, but, but the real time that I was really religiously watching it was at that period. So at that period, it was Triple H. You know, he he started getting his name in, and he had that feud with uh, Cactus Jack. You know, before Mick Foley re- had his first retirement. You know, back in the day, at that time, I hated him, but I appreciated him afterwards because he did his job that, you know, made him hate him, you know. And I like the story of the, the champion challenging, you know, the heel. So Triple H is one. Um, you know, those other guys, you know, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you know, those guys are just legendary wrestlers. Uh, so that's that's probably the, the ones that influenced me the most. Um I, I'm not sure when exactly the moment I say I wanted to wrestle, but I was watching it for a long time. And, you know, it's always a dream. I would love I just love the entertainment factor of it. I, not only being in a ring, but I like everything about wrestling. I like the, the theater aspect of it, you know, the technical, the lighting. You know, when I do big shows, I like to put in, you know, WrestleMania-like events, you know, like pyro and lights and stuff. So I like all that stuff in wrestling. So I got that feeling at that period of time. And then when I was younger with a bunch of friends, you know, we wanted to wrestle. So we did a little bit of wrestling, uh, you know, in the backyard a little bit. And then after when I ended school, I had only one objective and it's wrestled. So that's all. And then I went to a school and the rest is history there. And, uh, if a new up-and-comer was talking to you and says, you know, 
I really want to get into this and and get good at it. What would your advice to them be? To get in or if they just started? Yeah, if they're just like, starting out, what would your advice? The one yeah, thing if, if that I just... would say for a young, they've just started. They just started uh, taking bumps. I would say concentrate on a character, charisma, and being uh, solid in the ring. Being solid in the ring and using charisma. That's you know, the most important thing. Committing to your character. Too many guys have looks or costumes, but when they go to the ring, all they do is wrestle. And that's fine, it's good, but you know how many wrestlers are there in the world? What's going to set you apart from all those guys? It's not the move. Because your move is just as good as the next guy, you know? So if you have a character, commit it 100%. Not not 50%. Commit it 100%. So that's what, what I would say. I would commit it. Your character, your look, your gimmick, work on that. And take your time, you know? If you go too fast, then the fans won't have time to process. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that makes sense. Sounds like some good, solid advice right there. Heck, yeah. And I'll tell you what, Thank we you. do have a lot of young guys that watch the show. Uh, we have a training center just a couple of miles away here in Kansas City. Um I know there's a lot of young talent there that like to uh, to check out the show, and uh, throughout hey yeah, throughout the greater Midwest actually a couple of well respected schools where you've got guys that tune in. So that that advice is uh, is more valuable than you know, Paul. So so thank you for that. Great. Um, as we also uh, maybe the sometime network, maybe someday I'll maybe someday I'll pass by. Who knows, eh? Dude, heck yeah, bro. Hey, you're not the only one, too, because Danny Duggan is a longtime friend of the show, and he's also up in Canada, as you know. And, uh, you know, we've we've been excited uh, when he said that he's been wanting to come down because he goes to Minnesota and places like that. I'm like, man, come on, work your way down a little further south. Come get some of this weather, this Midwest weather. We'd absolutely love to have you, man. It'd be freaking fantastic, Paul. We'd love that. Great. Great. We'll, we'll we'll try to fix something up for sure, you know. And, and since you're having yeah. Bob Evans down, you know, might figure something yeah. out with Bob. It's, it's harder for Canadians to work on the, uh, the other side of the border, but we'll try to work something out. That's right. Like like Bob says, you got to do the drives, man. Do the drives. Exactly. So, final exactly. Final question before you go, Paul. Um, you know, as I alluded to at the beginning of our time here, um, things are starting to open back up. And we talked about, you know, how the break actually was probably a good thing for you because you've been running every single week for a long time. Um, much like every other wrestling fan, worker, promoter, referee, everybody in between, we're all excited about the potential moving forward this year. What are you most looking forward to for yourself in your career in 2021? Well, I'm looking forward to start for starting back. Starting back, uh, I have a lot of personal projects that I want to, you know, do. I have some special big shows that I want to that I want to do that is like never been done. 
So I have some projects that I can't wait to be able to put to life. And I can't wait to get back in the ring. And also, like I said, uh, I want to at least go to get a wood, at least one. So that's something that I'm looking forward to, getting back in the ring and 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 wrestling different people and going in, in the U.S. at least once in my career. So that's what I'm looking All forward right, to. All right, well, let's... Let, let's try to make that happen. All right, well, Paul, thank you again uh, for joining us here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast, episode 338. We're like you, man. We're just out here trying to hustle and be consistent. Hopefully you enjoy your stay. And uh, allow me and, and my partner here, uh, Hardcore Hoss, to be the first to welcome you in as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family, man. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. Happy to be a part of it, boys. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again very, very soon down the road. Last thing before you go, brother, can you tell us how people can follow you, your promotion, and everything you got coming up uh, for 2021, man? Social media, website, whatever you got, baby, give it to us. Yeah, sure. Yes. Uh, so, Paul Goliath, uh, I use Facebook. We're, we're on Facebook. So, uh, it's Paul Goliath. Type it in and you'll see it. Uh, just like my page. Uh, also, uh, I work at FML. Got a shout-out to FML, which is uh, um, Eric Remace, the big promotion down close. It's close to Montreal area. FML also. My promotion, JCW. Um, well, there's no show right now, but we can't wait to start back. So if there's any workers or whatnot or anyone that wants to come down, or just look at our product that is uh, online, videos, just like our pages. And, yeah, that's about it. So can't wait to start back, guys. Much love, brother. Blessings out there on the road. We'll catch you next time. All right, bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Well, JP, what can I say, bro? An incredible first hour of the show. A huge thanks to everybody who's made this episode possible, starting with Rack Funds Engraving. Uh, you guys know Custom Mugs, 20 bucks with your name engraved, plus shipping. Uh, Kincaid, uh, Esports, Pat Milicic, and Jay Hollywood are wonderful sponsors. Uh, Royal Mills Transportation. Um, and, you know, one of my personal favorites, I-70 Sports Media, Jeremy Carp and those boys over in the St. Louis area covering all sports throughout the Midwest, but particularly everything along the I-70 highway from St. Louis to Kansas City. Those guys are doing big things. Probably one of the hottest sports pages in the Midwest right now, proud sponsors of the WrestleTalk podcast. Jeremy Carp, you know, we love you, brother. Hopefully everything is good. And uh, we hope to have you back on the show very, very soon as one of our, uh, as one of our hosts. Uh, John, I think it's about that time, though, because we're going to go from one awesome talent to another awesome talent, and it's also his very first time on the show. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to welcome in Kansas City's very own, also dear friend of mine, and a guy who not too long ago was just telling me about his dream to get into the business. And now you can see him fairly frequently on AEW television. We got, I believe, some music that we're going to bump to lead in. Give me some raw pause as we welcome in for the very first time 
my amigo, Dean Alexander. to be here. What is that? <laughs> what up? Well, you'll be happy to hear this. You actually dodged the bullet like Neo in the Matrix. Joe's actually not here today. I'm actually being joined by our audio engineer, a.k.a. Hardcore Hoss. So say hello, gentlemen. What's up, Hoss? How you doing? Doing well, buddy. Hey, Hoss, hit him with the, that's right. <laughs> Dude. What a, an amazing opportunity that we have here. I have to be honest, uh, initially I was really, really excited about the potential of an in-studio interview with you um, because whenever guys are here locally, in my own mind, <laughs> I'm like, yo, come in. Let's sit down. It's way cooler. We weren't really doing the video thing yet. This is actually our crusade, first day of our crusade into the video streaming realm outside of Facebook Live being. So this is this is a big day of first for us. We've been saying it all show. Wow. Then my dumbass comes to realize that you're not local anymore. <laughs> Some sure. friends we are. You apparently moved down to the south where I'm originally from. You know, I'm a Florida boy through and through. But, dog, you moved from Kansas City to Atlanta to chase your dream. And, and we're going to talk about what you've been doing here recently. But, bro, take us back to Jump Street. We're sitting in your garage, doing your podcast, being in the boys, and you're like, Renee, man, I'm thinking about it, dog. I'm going to stop. I'm going to cut back on the brewski and get serious about my health again. And here we freaking are, dude. Take me back to what happened basically the day after we hung out in your garage and did the podcast to where we kind of are now, if you can. Please. Yeah, yeah. First of all, how do I sound? Uh, sound fantastic. Okay, okay sounds great. Yeah. So, uh, really, I, I don't mean this to sound bad, but it sound, uh, I was a lot of talk, you know, I always wanted to do this, I wanted to do that, and I think uh, a lot of people, you know, they fall into that category too, where they always just talk about what they want to do, and unfortunately, that was me, and it took, you know, uh, my, my dad died. And from then, you know, it sounds kind of morbid, I guess, but he died like 12 days before his 60th birthday, and I was 32 when we were having these talks, uh, Renee, and he died, and like I said, it was 12 days before his 60th birthday, and if I were to go his route, I'm half dead. Like I said, I know it's a morbid way to to think about that. I mean, it's true, though. I mean, being honest with yourself is what it sounds like to me. Yeah, and I just... I I didn't like working at the railroad. I knew I had a great job, but I just didn't like working there, and I wanted something more for myself, something I could say I was proud of. So it was going to be MMA or pro wrestling because I had trained, like, jiu-jitsu and stuff before, so that's what I was going to do. 
and I decided, you know, I don't want to get hit in the face for real. I don't want to get kicked in the face, even though that both so those pretty, things. Baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, both those things have happened since then. But uh, uh, yeah, I just decided to go for it, and that's when I walked into XWC there in Raytown. Well, and you know what? The, just hearing you say that, that's when I walked in XWC. We'll, we'll spend some time there as well. But but I'm curious, what do you think, because it's fairly recent still, right? It's, it's yeah. not like somebody, you know, we talked to PCO, we talked to guys who've been in the game, Fabio Vega, guys that have been doing this for a long time. And I think it's harder for them to pinpoint where that moment was, where the where the talking stopped and the action started. So how far after your, your unfortunate loss, and again, man, we, we mourn the loss of your father, that's always huge in, in every, every person's life, uh, especially a young man, but... Uh, how how long after that did you say, damn it, this is what I'm going to do? And I imagine that was the primary motivating factor, but how much more did it push you in that direction? You know, I, I let I let things kind of settle in for a little bit. That was uh, December, let's just say December of uh, 2018. I believe it was the end of January or the beginning of February. I don't exactly remember the date. The 21st sticks out, so the 21st of January, the 21st of February, I think, is was my uh the day I walked in there. But it I just let it sink in. I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm 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 just gonna jump in and do it. You know, I've I've nothing to lose. And then when I got in the ring finally, man, it was just like, wow, this is this is fun. This is so much fun. Now and this I know that this could potentially sound like a shot and, and it's not, let me be clear. Um I'm, I'm very proud to be where I am and, and for every company that I work for. So I'm going to be a little careful when I, the way I ask this, but did you find yourself to be more than physically capable once you went into school? Because you were already working on your body and your physique and, and all that before you went to pro wrestling training. So do you think that gave you an advantage or did you find yourself to be physically overwhelmed when you first went to training? I'm curious. I, I was in pretty good shape, and then okay. th- and that's always been uh, uh, the case. When I was in, even you know, say I was carrying a little extra weight, like in high school wrestling for two fifteen, I never had to cut weight or anything, but I always had wind. I could always just go, I could just keep going. So I was very fortunate in that. So when I got in there, what I was surprised at, like walking in and seeing some guys that, some guys that are in shape, some guys that aren't in shape, but they're doing stuff that's just as athletic as anything I can do. I couldn't do a backflip, and there's guys in there that you would look at them, you know, just at first glance, and be like, no way that guy's doing a backflip. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> boy, they're talented. Talented. Don't judge a book by its cover. Dude, I still can't do a backflip. You still can't. All right. Well, that, maybe that's something for us to look forward to. <laughs> the Dean Alexander backflip, man. That, that's dope. So, so once you actually started going to the school – what did you what did you did you find yourself leaning in a particular direction like as far as like brawler or hyper athletic did you see yourself leaning more towards heel baby face what were your like your initial instincts when you started to learn and started to discover who this like Dean Alexander is as a persona yeah I, well, I definitely definitely wanted to be a heel all right I, I, I like that I like being a heel uh, as far as I like to put in a little bit of everything, you know, because guys like uh, Stone Cold, you know, he's my favorite. He's a brawler. You know, he didn't right. start off a brawler. He had to change his style. But that's how I saw myself. But also I like doing like the 
jump off the rope disaster kick stuff, you know, just to show the little glimpses of Flash. And I think that's kind of just trying to find that sweet spot. Like, I'm still working on it now, trying to find some more. Like, not that a disaster kick is high-flying, but something well, there's in... there's a lot of athleticism to that, though. There's yeah, something in that vein. So, like, okay. I'm doing the brawling stuff, but then they see me pop that out. They're like, oh, he can do that stuff, too. That, well, that's... yeah, I, I think that's what makes guys, and, and not to put you in the same ballpark, because I know it's heavy expectations, but it's what it, we see a guy that everyone can relate to, like a Drew McIntyre, he's six-something, you know, bigger guy, right, by, by definition, but then you see him do that kick, and you go, whoa, you know what I mean? So yeah. having something like that in your back pocket I think is very important. Uh, any, any, any inkling on what we might be seeing moving forward? Uh, I don't I'm, want you to spoil it, but what might you be working on that you can share? How about like a that? like a move? Yeah, yeah, move. Uh, I'm flirting with uh, Arana. I, I, I can tell you that. Much. Oh, 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 oh. Wow, <laughs> I paid money to see that. Not that you're not athletic, but I mean, I I, I saw your first match. Yeah. So going from your first match to that, I think that dude. Yeah, that would be incredible. It's a different way to get into it, and one that safe that I think I can pull off on a regular basis, but I, the problem is yeah, I can only do it to certain people, probably. Right. Is it a height thing? I, I think, yeah, it, a lot of it depends on them. Okay, gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you know what? Unlike the last interview, I'm going to be fair here and throw it over to my partner, Hardcore Hoss, because um, when we were getting ready to do this interview, I was telling John, I was like, yeah, I know the guy, you know, we've hung out a few times or whatever, done some business or what have you uh, at KCX. And then I told him that you recently appeared on AEW TV, uh, whether it be dark or, or whatever, but, you know, it's AEW. So John was pretty excited, and he's all the way out in West Virginia, and even he's heard about you. So, I mean, dude, your name is resonating. Obviously, the exposure helps, but the talent is there to back it all up. So I'll throw it over to John and see what kind of questions he might have. Oh, man. <laughs> Very over- overwhelming at, at first, you know. I was, you know, just I'm in Atlanta now, driving to Jacksonville, dude. I could have floated away the amount of butterflies that I had, not just for the in-ring stuff, but you know, you don't want to mess mess up backstage, you know, or anything like that. So I kind of stick to myself, but stick to myself, but also make myself known enough, you know, go out there, shake some hands shake some hands and just go sit down somewhere off to the side. You know, if I have to get up and go to the bathroom, I'll make a lap so I can be seen again, but then I go right back to sitting down and just hanging out by myself, you know. Just trying to get myself out there enough, but man, to be, I've done this every, I haven't been there too many times, but I've done this every time. I, I sit on, I stand on the stage and I see people, whether it's practicing in the ring, like before, like the girls in there, some of the guys just just working on stuff, but just seeing everyone. Like, I'm, you know, I might be standing next to Arn Anderson while I'm doing that. And I, just, and I just strike up a conversation with him and for 10 minutes, you know, it's just Arn and I just shooting the shit, you know. Got curse on you, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's internet radio, dog. Plus, you know me. Like, could I do a podcast without a couple of shits and fucks? Uh, there we go. No, no. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, no, we're not Joe Rogan, but, you know, we do what we can. All right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, just taking it in, man, just and appreciating that I'm there, you know. Just 
not too long ago, Renee, like you just said, I was I was in what's it called the shrine, you know. I I I was in the shrine performing in front of two hundred people. And now I'm on AEW TV. It's just well, it's, well no, it's, check this out though. Like and John, I know this is your question, but here's the, the, the lack of Okay, like, this is kind of what makes it storybook to me. You were able to make this jump during COVID era. Who moved forward? No one moved forward during COVID era. Everyone either stayed stagnant or moved backwards in in many effects. I think WrestleTalk Podcast moved forward, but, you know, we're Internet-based, so we're very fortunate because people didn't have shit to do. And we must they must have watched everything on Netflix, finished everything on Hulu. They don't finish their Amazon Prime and their WWE Network, and they're like, ah, screw it, we'll just watch WrestleTalk. <laughs> so, but there were very few things that were able to, to, to project themselves forward during this time. I think that's what makes where you are now, not that you're done by any means, but that's what makes it so unprecedented. It wasn't that you weren't talented enough or that, you know, there weren't opportunities out there. It was that you did it during a time where everybody else was, again, either staying stagnant or or moving backwards. Does, has that settled in with you yet? Because, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm curious if, if you've even looked at it from that perspective. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely have, like, how crazy it was what I did to get here. Not not only that, like, especially just for me personally. You know, I had such a – I did have a good job, and then I made that jump. But not only did I make that jump, I made it, like you said, during COVID, which is bonkers. You know, if you tell someone that's not in the business, you know, you tell some some people, and they're like, I get that, man. You must love it. And they're right, I do. But you tell someone not in the business, they're like, you are a crazy person. I mean, it, it, it's still crazy to think about sometimes. Well, here's what's even crazier, in my opinion, and we are going to share a little bit of a clip here. Um I was watching, I've seen everything that you've done up to this point. I think I've, I've either been at, called, or watched pretty much every one of your matches, whether it be KCSW, Royal Alliance. I don't know if you did an XWE show. I might have seen you out there once, maybe, nope. maybe not. No, not yet, okay. And now AEW. Dude, it's crazy to me because I'm watching, and Taz is talking about, this guy left a great job at the railroad to come and pursue his dream. And Taz is like, I used to work in the railroad. Maybe I'll go down with Dean Alexander and talk some railroad stuff. And I'm like, bro, Taz is putting you over? I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my freaking mind, bro. Did you hear that? And how did that make you feel? Oh, I mean, all... talk about edification, bro. Uh, so I, uh, a go-go came up to me, Anthony Agogo. He was calling that okay. match with him. And he's the one that pointed out, you know, this guy left his job. And that's when Taz said, hey, you knew who else did that? That was me. Well, Gogo came up to me after the match and was like, hey, Taz, let's talk to you sometime about the railroad. So one day I saw him. I shook his hand, said hi, and we just talked. Now, he was a real railroader. He was a, he was on the track game. That's that's tough work. That's tough work. But, yeah, we just chatted up for about five minutes. And, yeah, that it, it was nuts. I saw, I have a friend. You know, I used to do the uh, backyard or basement wrestling. Right. And Who has it, though? Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. Taz, he was my guy. And one of my buddies from way back then goes, dude, he just hit me up. What's it like to have Taz call your match? <laughs> it, it's nuts. I, I still – it's. I know, I know. Can, can I put myself in your shoes? Go ahead. Well, you know, the Night Owl has been calling my matches the majority of my <laughs> career. So that's 
I mean, I kind of already started up here, but, you know, Taz, you know, that kind of – no, I'm not kidding. (laughs) Totally joking, dude. That guy's great at everything he does. Manager, wrestler, commentator, this dude has forgotten more wrestling than I'll ever know. Of course, I'm just kidding, but but how awesome is that? Now, with your permission, I want to share a clip again. We're doing this Yardstream thing for the first time. Hopefully, you guys are digging it. If it's shit, let us know. You always do. Thanks a lot, Twitter. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Twitter. I actually want to do a quick screen share. And uh, as you kind of walk us through this, uh, this is something that basically just hit the the public square on the 15th, and it's this match where you and a couple of guys went up against uh, the Butcher and the Blade with Private Party. You want to give us a little bit of a background on this match? Who's going – who are you partnered with in this matchup uh, before I hit play? So I was partnered with, uh, I believe, Carly Bravo, Brick Aldridge, and David Ali. Okay, David Ali. Okay, gotcha. All right, so let's go ahead and hit the share. And uh, we won't hit the audio because obviously we don't want to get copyright or anything, but we can watch the clip. Okay. Um, let's hit it, and let's hit play. And go ahead and walk us through this, Dean. That's you right there in the middle, right? Yeah. So what's, what's going on at this point here? At this point, I... I'm still kind of a little bit in awe right here, especially right here when Matt comes up and he's, you know, jawjacking us. You're trash talking Matt Hardy, bro. It is bonkers. (laughs) Bonkers, man. I was just like, it's wild. Wild. All right, so you guys going in. We're obviously not going to play the whole match there. So what went into the decision about who was going to start off this match? I'm curious about that. Uh, I think it was, I think, I want to say familiarity. Uh, some of these guys had already talked to Bravo. He had been, he was there like a week before me. Okay. So I think they had already talked to him. They're like, yeah, we'll start with you. Okay. Now, now I'm curious. Um, so you were spending some time or continue to spend some time uh, with Cody Rhodes at, uh, at his training facility, his school, right? Yeah. And, and so I'm curious, does, does going down there – oh, here we go. Does, does going down there open up these sorts of opportunities, and how difficult is it to get into that training institution? Oh, 100 – I mean, 100%. That's the only reason I'm here. I have no doubt, you know, without the camp, I would have been here at some point. You know, just – that's me just believing in myself. But, man uh, – Man. Right. And, and Double you drop you, kick you, to the head. Right. <laughs> I know that's rough. Yeah, they're giving you the business for sure. So when when you say you left your 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 awesome career on the railroad that paid very well to go and do this, is that is that when you left down to do the camp? Yes. Was the camp? Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Because so to talk about the camp, I just applied one night. I was, you know, I knew what it entailed. I would have to quit my job or get a leave of absence of some sort. But when, oh, boy, getting thrown out here. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> here we go. But they wouldn't give me a leave of absence. And I remember, you know, he, I believe the superintendent tried, but he said, when do you need to know? And I said this respectfully, but I just said, hey, no matter, no matter what happens, I'm going. I just want a place to come home to. Because I didn't know moving back down to Atlanta or being invited back was even an option. But when he said uh, he couldn't do it, and I said, thank you, and I put in my two weeks, that's when I went down. I just happened to be randomly selected. I mean, I, there was like 
a thousand applicants, and I was one of the first twenty-five. Whoa, whoa, whoa. one. Okay, so, okay, so you're one of twenty-five that were chosen out of a thousand. A thousand applicants, yes. What are the odds? I mean, I, I'm not going to ask anybody to sit here and do math, but I mean, so, so basically, twenty-five out of a thousand. I mean, <laughs> dude, and, and I'm curious when they're kind of doing this random selection, do they ask you, hey, do you understand that you're going to have to move down here? I mean, do they kind of lay it out all for you? Because there's a lot of people who talk about, I'm going to wrestling school, I'm, but they don't really understand. It's not so much about what you're going to be doing when you get there. It's about what you have to get up in order, give up in order to get there. Am I, am I right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I, they, yeah, they call them, they, you know, there's no help with housing or anything. That's up to you. You know, the, you know, the meal preps, there's no meal prep service or anything. There's a nutritionist that will make you a meal plan, but that's all up to you. Transportation, all up to you. You just pay the tuition, you show up and work hard. And the strength and conditioning was first class. It was that Chip Smith Performance Systems. I mean, they trained people for the NFL Combine. And we were going through the same stuff they were going in. Absolutely incredible, and you know, you talk about humble beginnings here at KCX, uh, and I know we'll, we'll spend more time talking about your match and the experience up at AEW, but before I throw it over to John, are there any guys here that you want to point to and say, hey, that guy, that guy, that guy are also part of the reason that I am where I am now, because I know that working KCX... Uh, it's basically what started it all, and, and I'm sure yeah. you could have probably found another avenue, but when you walked into that school, that was kind of like that first major step, in my opinion. What about the guys there that have helped influence and push you and project you forward to where you are now? Anybody you want to talk about or I mean, shout out? I, I, everybody that helped me along the way. I, I, I mean, the David Cadden, uh, Jake. Uh, now, now I'm forgetting people's names. Uh Oh, what's his name? I just talked to him the other day. Who's the guy out in Denver now? Uh, Derek Stone. Derek Stone. How did I forget his name? Yeah, Derek Stone. Derek I, I, I wasn't able to work with him too much, but, I mean, the few times I was, uh, I was I was able to. I mean, he's just, he's so nice. Everyone is so nice. The wrestling business has the nicest people. I'm convinced of that. I, but, I mean, every, everybody, I worked with Goldman a lot. Leo D, my first match. Ryan Gingell, you know, he, we trained a lot together. Hey, let me try this on you. you know, it, it was nice having another big man that we could, hey, I want to try this move. Let's see if I can do it on a guy your size. And he would do the same to me. Well, and what's crazy is that all the guys you just, just named have the potential and have the work ethic to be exactly where you are right now. Yeah. So would you agree Definitely. with that? Definitely. Everybody. Hard working freaking dudes, man. It, it's incredible that just now, after this many years of being the longest-running school in Kansas City, being the longest-running promotion in Kansas City, these guys are finally starting to get their due. Not to mention Cam and Brene recently signed with NXT. Oh, yeah, Cam for the Y'all, Cam, love you. Uh, the, the Regal Twins, which were part of that very first class. Then you've got uh, some of the guys that were there that are coming back now, like El Diablo making a comeback, starting to work there now. So, dude, it, it's, it's very, very exciting for me. But uh, with all that said, John um, – your turn, buddy. What do you got for our boy Dean here? Because you were right in the middle of your questions tonight. I just so happened to take over like a big jerk. So I apologize, bro. But what else you got for Dean? 
I mean, it, it's exactly what I just start. Start now. It doesn't have to be a Monday. If you're out of shape, it's start right now. Go meal prep. Then all that information, it's not expensive. I eat ground chicken and ground beef. It is so inexpensive. <laughs> Every freaking day. <laughs> Every day. It, it does get boring, but then you get to play with it, and all of a sudden you're a chef. But start today. You know, get in shape. But find a school. Find somewhere around you and just start. You just have to do it. And, like, I, I it might sound like I'm shilling or it could sound cheesy to someone, but really you have to you – know, this is what Cody says all the time. You have to do the work. That's real. It's up to you. No one else is going to do it for you. There's a, a, a shirt I have, and I, I, I don't sell it or anything, but I made it, and it says it's my fault because I believe – and this goes for everybody in any position – where you are at in life is a direct correlation to the choices you have made. And so it's your fault. No matter, like, say I wasn't invited back to Atlanta to continue training, and I went back to KC with no job. I have no one to complain to because that was my fault. I made that decision. I was able to go there, go to the camp, and not have to work or worry about money. I, I did worry about money, but I didn't have to worry about money because I was able to – I saved enough to where, hey, this is going to get me through. And I did that. So it, but to go back to the question, you have to just start. There's someone around you that knows how to wrestle, and you can pay them, and they will give you that knowledge. And you just keep going. Just keep trying to improve yourself no matter what. There's videos you can watch. Al Snow has a bunch of videos out there where you can pretty much watch an Al, so, Al Snow seminar. And not pay anything. It's right there on YouTube. Preach. What else you got, JP? Oh, my God. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Dream match. Of current yeah. wrestlers. Let's say current wrestlers. Current? Is that current, JP? Oh, oh the pool goodness. just opened up for you, bro. Oh well, here's goodness. the reason why we say the fact is we just finished up Wrestle Madness, and uh, we did we narrowed down from 64 to the best wrestler of the 80s. So our mind is still in the old school because we just came off of several weeks of doing that, Dean. So, okay. yeah, all time, right, John? All time, Man. who would you book yourself against? Yeah, that's a toughie. Man, I this one I'd never thought of before. I, this guy just popped in my head. I've met him, I think, one time. Daddy would remember me. But uh, I think I could learn a lot doing some sort of program with Jake the Snake. I think that would be really fun. Cerebral, bro. Yeah. Cerebral game out the wazoo. What do you think? Dean Alexander versus Jake the Snake Roberts. You, you paying to see that, Hawk? Now, now I'm baby in that situation, right? Well, you gotta be. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta be. <laughs> There's only one way, man. So I guess um, I'll jump back in here, man, um, and, and hit you with the last couple of questions because we want to let you get back to resting your Sunday. Got a lot of training coming up. I'm sure you got some tapings and stuff you want to get to. Um, have you been? You, know, you talked about stealing all starstruck, starstruck like. You know, you talk about talking to Taz or whatever, but what was your first one when you got down there? Like, when you first were like, holy, like, what, what was your very, very first one? Was it when you went to the, the 
the, the, the seminars? Was it when you actually got to the shows? What was that very first, like, wow, I can't believe I'm here next to this guy moment? All right. During the, this happened during the camp. Okay. They actually did an uh, internship where they selected, I think it was seven or eight of us, to go down to Jacksonville for a live dynamite and intern with a wrestler or a referee. They just matched us with people. And I got matched with my goat, Chris Jericho. What? Yeah. Wait a minute. So you got to follow Chris Jericho around? Yeah. Now I didn't do a whole lot because it was kind of a. I was I was nervous, uh, obviously. And they were going to take me to him. To, uh, one of the guys there, Charlie, was like, "Hey, let's go take you to the man." I said, "Any last uh, any last tips?" And he's like, "No, nah, man. He's in a great mood. You'll do fine." I met him. He asked me how long I've been working. I told him. He was like, I'm sure we can find something for you to do. So I had just helped him with his bag, took it to his uh, locker room for him. And then he was like, hey, just, he goes, I really don't know what I need you to do, but I'll, here's my number. Or he texted me or he called me or something. He was like, I'll just text you if I need you. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just hang outside the, uh, I'll just be right here in the hallway. So, and well, by the way, we're in suits. Like, that's what we were told to be, like, dressed to to the nines, dressed to impress. So it was Cody and then the seven of us students, interns, were the only ones dressed like that. So, and I'm standing outside Jericho's, dude, the door's shut. I'm standing outside his office in a suit. You know, I have my arms crossed in front of me, like, just like. Security. Yeah. The first time he walked out. He opened the door, looked at me, and goes, huh, you look like security, and then just walked away. <laughs> so it, it, it was nuts, but people were walking by me like, you know, you guys can relax a little bit. Because, oh, also we were wearing masks, so, like, it just looks like I'm staring a hole through you, even though, like, I might be smiling and nodding, like, as you walk by saying hi, but it just looks like I'm staring a hole because of the mask. But it was really cool. Uh, at the, he was doing a, he did a podcast with Jake Hager. And, you know, people were going up knocking on the door, and I was like, hey, he's in there with Hager. And they're like, okay, hand him this when he gets done. So it's just, you know, they're handing me whatever, just papers, hand him this when he's done. And then he, uh, I got to go to the ring with him and watch him put together his little segment that night, and it was awesome. It was, it was absolutely amazing. And I, I, when I told my one of my best friends that, he texted me, and he was like, isn't it crazy? A year ago, you debuted using hit the code breaker and then now you're his intern. It, it, it was wild. It was the first time I thought about it like that. And, and no hazing took place, bro? No, no. You know, no, no, uh, like, uh, washing jock straps, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, only green M&Ms. Cause you know, like some of these mega stars and that's what Chris Jericho is both in music and, I mean, the world of entertainment, let's be real. Yeah. Well, they get a bad rap for not being human. You didn't experience any of that? No, nice as could be. Nice as could be. Everyone. You know, they, they always say, you know, they always say, never meet your idols. So can you dispel that myth? Because I've heard that many, many times. And, oh, oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. Because that goes back to what, what you say. You don't know what they're going through. Even if you do, someone does have a bad experience, they're like you said, they're human. They they have bad days too. 
but I, I, I haven't experienced that one bit. Everyone's been so nice. I mean, I, I, I walked by Paul White. He shook my, he introduced himself to me. He's like, he just stuck his hand out and said, hey, I'm Paul White. I want to be like, yeah, you are. I'm Dean. Yeah, you nice are. <laughs> my buddy, our buddy, the lawman, uh, shout out, hey, buddy, state trooper in, or, or police officer in the state of Georgia, as a matter of fact, shout out to our, our homie, the lawman. Uh, he just got that no BS T-shirt. Nice. And he's in Georgia, so there's a little correlation there. John, I'm going to let you jump back in here, bro. Uh, I want to try to wrap this thing up with Dean here within the next five or ten minutes just out of respect to his time. You know, it's Sunday. Everybody wants to, to enjoy uh, their time off and, and relax a little bit. You got anything else uh, for for a guy who is probably on cloud nine right now and you can just see it? Dude, I'm talking to you. I see how you smile, man. you you, you got to be feeling great and then you know, just as you've already told us, you definitely didn't luck into it. You got a lucky break, but you didn't luck into it because you were able to take the risk yeah. provided the lucky break, so to speak. So, John, what else do you have for, for being here? Ah, no doubt about it. Okay, you know what? We'll get into game show challenge. And I'm guessing it's going to be yours truly, the Night Owl, versus uh, Dean Alexander, right? <laughs> Bro, let me let me guess. This is uh, well, what what are some of your favorite things? Let, let let's do a quick uh, uh word association uh, oh, with Dean, because the way that this always works, just so you know. Uh, and you'll really enjoy this. You get to, to be, you'll be able to play into your Dean Alexander uh, persona. They always pick shit that I know nothing about. So if you happen to be like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if these were all railroad questions, or uh, <laughs> if these were questions revolving about people that still have hairlines. Uh, boom, that'd be all you. Or, or this question would be about uh, black T-shirts. Uh, the, the series of questions would be about something that you were assuredly an expert in. And I know nothing about it. And I've been petitioning now for four years. Why don't we ever have a trivia about tacos? Because that's one of the few things that your boy, I mean, I got, I got it locked like a master lock, <laughs> but I'm never so lucky. <laughs> I'm never so lucky. So last question before we get into the challenge here, Dean, is aside from leaving the gig, what were some of the other difficulties about making that move and more or less kind of starting a new life. You, you haven't forgot about it. Obviously, we're still buddies. Yeah. You keep in touch with the boys. I'm sure you've got family. But but besides the job thing, what was the most difficult part or what has been so far the most difficult part about this uh, amazing transition that you've made down to uh, AEW? It's those things you just mentioned, my, my friends and family. That's the hardest part. You know, I used to be just an hour from my mom. Now I, I can't go see her. She had my dog. Oh, I miss my dog. Something fierce. But also, you know, you you knew how you saw how close me and my friends were. I mean, every weekend we were doing something. We were That's hanging right. out, even if it wasn't you know wasn't going out and just getting blasted. We were hanging out doing something. And that that's what I miss the most. I have my friends here. Like I I live with three other people that were in the camp with me. You know, one guy moved from Pennsylvania, one from Jersey. One gal was here in Atlanta. She moved in with us. And it's, it's, my, it's my friends and family. That's the hardest part. 
I, I miss, man. Kansas City is home. I'm wearing Kansas City shirt right now. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yes. Eat that, Raider fan. By the way, John's a Raider fan. Oh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> in, case you, if you were, in case you were trying to decide who you like better as a host, it's definitely me because I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> Uh, no, no doubt. All right. Well, well. Thank you for sharing that, man. Um, I figured those were the things that would probably affect me the most if I had to leave my family. Uh, but I'm sure they're super proud of you, man. I'm sure you hear from them all the time of how oh, yeah. excited they are for you, right? They're definitely in your corners. I, I imagine all your friends are as well. Definitely, definitely. That's dope, man. All right. Well, you know what? We've asked you some tough questions. You've been real forthright about everything you went through, and we highly appreciate that. But it's time now to have a little fun and get a little competitive because you would not have achieved and, and be on the trajectory that you are if you weren't a competitive cat. So what we're going to do is we're going to take all this chivalry and all this niceness away, and we're going to throw on our ring gear, or really our thinking caps in this uh, sense, and face off against each other in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. JP, I'm ready if you are, man. Let's go ahead and freaking get into it. These are just questions about anything? He'll explain. Okay. So you give us the clues, and as soon as we know, we just shout it out, right? We don't have to raise our hand or anything like that. Okay, let's go, baby. Booker Ron T. Simmons. Ron Simmons. Damn it. Double A. Oh. Oh. 
what's his name? What's his name? Oh. Michael Spiatelli. Damn it! Oh! Oh, oh, oh. Damn it! All right, all right. I'm going to tell you one thing right now, though. No matter what, I'm not getting swept. <laughs> Period. You hear me? Bring it. Bobby Roode. Oh. Xavier Woods. That's it. That's it. Uh-huh. Man. Uh-huh. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Very nice. All right, hit the man's music. <laughs> appreciate you guys having me on. No doubt. John, any final thoughts before we say uh, goodbye to our amigo, Dean Alexander, apparently some sort of Georgia expert? <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you very much. All right. On Instagram, it's the Dean Alexander. And on Twitter, I'm brand new to Twitter. I have like three tweets. By the way, no one told me the Sheik is such a good follow. Oh, he's the best, bro. He's the only reason to be on Twitter. It's, it's <laughs> bonkers. But on there, I'm Dean Alexander NS. And you can figure oh. out what the NS stands for. And then on, uh, <laughs> I think on Facebook, you can search Dean Alexander and you can, I'll, I'll pop up. I think it's the Dean Alexander on there too. Boom. There it is. Well, Dean, thank you again, man, for sharing, uh, some again, some difficult questions, some personal questions. You shared some awesome stories with us about being security for Chris Jericho. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. You know, all of tight and shit. Uh, I, I would have hated to be a part here at that day, but uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, bro. Great, great interview, man. Your personality shines through. Obviously, your in-ring talent speaks for itself. So allow myself and Hardcore Hoss to be – uh, the, the first to welcome you in as the newest member of the WrestleTalk family, bro. We love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. I had a great time. Awesome. Awesome no time. Doubt. Thank you very much. No. Well, appreciate it. Well, man, uh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Yeah, come back. Come back. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. Whenever. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, man. Well, we'll go ahead and sign off, Dean. We'll catch you later, brother. All right. We'll see you all. Have a good Thanks. one. There we are, JP. There we are, my friend. That brings us to the end of what feels like episode one because we've got some new toys we're playing with, and 
I know you've been watching. Hopefully we get some feedback from the WrestleTalk clan, and they tell us what they think about this new little streaming contraption we've got going here, JP. Your initial thoughts, man. I'm not sure how the audio went through, but the visuals were awesome the whole time. Yeah, on my end, everything looked to be pretty good. I do apologize for uh, some some bumps and everything that I had there, you know, where I'd fall out the frame or whatever. But uh, this this was kind of sprung on me last minute, so. Last minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not last minute. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as, I try not as to a give matter my friends too much time. I try not to give my friends too much time to tell me no, because the more time you give people, the more time they have to come up with. Not you're not an excuses guy. But in general, the more time you give people, the more chance they have to come up with excuses. I was like, I was like, I'm gonna just tell them at the end, and we'll figure it out as we go along. And honestly, bro, I think it went great. I mean, I gotta, I gotta say that I, I really, really do. Yeah. N- next time, I promise it'll be much better. I actually am in the process of uh, rearranging things to make my studio better. Right now, I just have a temporary setup here, but I'm gonna be a little more permanently set up next time, and things will be better. I promise. No doubt about it, man. Now we got to figure out this blog talk thing, and we'll be golden, man. Thank you guys for being here. Episode 338, we're available to you. Don't be sad because we're leaving right now. We'll be back right now. You know how? Just go over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com. we got 338 episodes in the bank, a bunch of awesome stuff on our YouTube channel. Just look up the WrestleTalk Podcast. We're easy to find. We're the United States version of what they do over in the U.K. And I think we've been around longer if I'm not mistaken. Either way, we're the other rest of talk. I'm the Night Owl. Here's Hardcore Hoss. We love you guys. Bless you. Thank you for being here. And don't forget to share this broadcast. We will catch you guys again very, very soon. Adios.